Welcome back to Booth Review. Uh, super excited. I mean, I'm so excited. We are week one. We get football on Thursday. Thursday night football is back. We made uh, it. We made it. We made it. <laughs> so yeah, welcome back. Uh, as usual, I'm the biased Falcons fan, Blake Ivy here with my my brother-in-law, Devin. What's the, going on? The, the cheese head. Man, how you doing today? I'm good, man. I'm good. Trying to get a little, over a little bit of a cold, but it's all good. Yes, sharing the studio space, the the cold just went from me to you. Yeah, yeah. The frog in your throat hopped into mine, <laughs> which sounds a lot worse than it should. But you know, oh man, yeah, just uh, watch stuff. some college football this weekend. Yeah, football's back. Football is back. Your dogs got a big win. They did. Only touchdown coming from a beautiful <laughs> pick six. I mean, South Carolina, y'all won. Getting that grad assistant out there, old Zeb Nolan. Hey, it worked out. So, yeah, we uh, we mentioned last week, so we've done our NFC predictions, our AFC predictions. Uh, you can check back on the podcast if you missed those. Uh, this week, we're going to start off with our award predictions. We're going to go kind of in backwards order of importance, I guess. Well, and it's just, just saving the best for last. That's all it is. Right. So we're going to do that. Then we're going to hop into our week one predictions. I'm so pumped. Me too. Seven months. Too long. Speaking of off-season, my coach of the year comes from an off-season move. Oh, man. Hit me with it. And maybe the least surprising, Homerism. Oh, jeez. I'm going Arthur Smith, Coach of the Year. So hear me out. Okay. He's a really good offensive coordinator coming from Tennessee. He steps into Atlanta that didn't go through a rebuild. So where a lot of first-year coaches have to come into a situation where there's some rebuild, maybe heavy retooling, he has... An MVP winner at quarterback. He has maybe the best offensive weapon taken in this year's draft. And I think a defense good enough with a new system to put them in a situation where, okay, if he wins coach of the year, it's because the Falcons have won the division. Right. I don't see him winning coach of the year if they just make the playoffs even. I think they would have to win the division for that to happen. I don't know. I just I think that he has a lot that he can work with. That's why I went Arthur Smith. So it's it's kind of similar to Stefanski last season. So Stefanski stepped into a team with the Cleveland Browns where that team wasn't necessarily in rebuild mode. They already had all the talented skill position players, you know, Delia, Jarvis, Baker, Chubb, that defense with uh, Denzel Ward, Miles Garrett, like it was stacked. So it's very similar. Stefanski coming over as the offensive coordinator for Minnesota, I believe, comes over, steps into Cleveland. They win, I think they went 10 and 6. Yeah. Something like right. that. And they made the playoffs, I believe. Correct. Yep. So they didn't win the division, but Stefanski won coach of the year for doing that, for right. ending the, the, the playoff drought in Cleveland. So you think if Arthur Smith does the same thing, where maybe the Bucks win 
in the division at like 11 and 6, 12 and 5, but Atlanta sneaks into the playoffs as a wild card at like 10 and 7. You don't see him winning it that way? I mean, maybe it could be, but I think it might take because of how established the Falcons have been. I think he would need to win the division in order to get coach right. of the year. Right. Um, so, I mean, honestly, mostly I picked it because I'm a homer. Like, if yeah. we're being honest, it's a hopeful pick. Well, if you want to talk about being a homer, my coach of the year is a man that in two seasons has gone 26 and 6. Wow. That's an 8-12 win percentage. That means 81% of the time when he went out there on that field, he won a game in two seasons, back-to-back seasons. Went to the NFC Championship game in back-to-back seasons. A lot of coaches don't do that. Yeah. That's a very impressive thing. Two seasons as a head coach. That's it. Not a head coach anywhere else. First head coaching job. Does he win Coach of the Year either one of those two seasons? No. He does not. But if he goes 13 and, I guess, 4 this year, or 14 and 3, he should absolutely win Coach of the Year. There's no excuse here. Like, do, do you give the give man... Us a name? Do you want to give us a name? For those who don't know, I'm talking about the great Matt LaFleur up in Green Bay, coaching them Packers, coaching them to a Super Bowl this year. We both got that. That's true. Give the man some respect. How does how does he not win Coach of the Year in either one of those seasons? Because he has arguably the best football player ever, not named Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady. Maybe. I mean, I I agree with you that Rodgers is better, <laughs> but Tom Brady's seven rings don't agree with me. That's true. But I think that what Lafleur has done is just get Green Bay to what everybody expects from Aaron Rodgers. So I think that it doesn't look as good on LaFleur because it's like, well, yeah, you have Aaron Rodgers. You should be doing this. But it's not even like LaFleur's offense isn't even necessarily centered around Rodgers. He comes from a Shanahan tree, so it's very it's very run heavy. That's why Aaron Jones has turned into a superstar because he finally let Aaron Jones do Aaron Jones things. Then McCarthy was like, oh, let's just focus on Rodgers. <laughs> Jamal Williams turned into a, a, a little bit of a star there. Rookie A.J. Dillon's gonna, he's going to have a breakout year this year, I think. Like, it's not centered around Aaron Rodgers going out there and slinging the ball all over the yard. He does do that. Obviously, that's why he won MVP last year. But it's also a very run-heavy offense. I guess run-heavy is better. It's a very balanced offense. Yeah, more balanced than Aaron Rodgers has had in his career. Ever. Not only that, he's helped turn around the defense. The defense is now actually probably a top 10 defense. A lot more dominant than they've been before. Like, he's he's turned that team around from where it was when Mike McCarthy was there just three seasons ago. Yeah, I I think that Coach of the Year, though, usually goes to somebody who has turned a team around. And in reality, the Packers, he's just gotten them from not quite where they could be to where they should be. And so like I think there's a little bit of a knock on his resume because it's kind of what everybody expects. Like you you expect to see Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs. I guess that's fair. For me, it comes down more to the fact that this is a, this is a first-time head coach. 
We're not talking about a Bill Belichick or a Pete Carroll, somebody who's established Mike Tomlin, whatever, coming into Green Bay and making that team what it's supposed to be. We're talking about a first-time head coach, hasn't been a head coach anywhere else, stepping in and elevating that team to the position it should be in. To me, that's a big accomplishment. Yeah, but... I mean, if he just gets them from playoffs to the Super Bowl this year, and especially considering Coach of the Year, if it's a regular season award, right? Right. And so, I mean, how is he going to be better than he was last year? I don't, I mean, I agree. I don't think he will be. But, like, to me, at this point, it's it's past due. But that's not how they give Coach I know, of the I know Year it's awards. Not, I know it's not. I'm just saying that it should be. And, I mean, if I've got to pick a coach, I'm picking the coach that deserves it. At this point, in two years, he should have had one. I guess, but I I don't think you could take it away from the guys who have won the past two years. I know Stefanski won it last year, which it, it was deserved, but I don't know. Maybe I'm biased, and that's okay. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe you're by. I mean, we both picked our own team's coach for Coach of the Year, which... Okay, well, you're, you're picking Arthur Smith, and... I would argue that if Arthur Smith comes in and does what LeFleur did in his first year, it would be it'd be the same. But did the Packers come off of a four win season? I mean, they came off a not great season. But a four win season is so bad. I mean, they had years there where they were like eight and eight. I mean you're not wrong. Yeah. They were mediocre for a while. Exactly. Which is where the Falcons have been. I guess. I feel like we're just arguing in a circle. Let's just move on. That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) We we disagree. Agree to disagree. And in reality, we're probably both going to be wrong. I just think that if LeFleur goes out there and goes 14-3, 13-4, which is the same as what he's been doing, keeps it on going, I think he has to be at least in the running for Coach of the Year. I don't care what anybody else does. If a coach goes out there and puts up an 81% win percentage in a season, that's impressive. It doesn't matter who your quarterback is. There was years Bill Belichick won it, and Bill Belichick's the greatest coach of the year, or greatest coach of, of all time. Right. He won it years where the Patriots did just that. They went out and won like you expected them to. I guess. I don't know. I'm just saying. Again, I think we're probably both wrong. If I was putting money down, I would say probably neither of these guys. We're probably going to be wrong. Just because that's the odds, right? Yeah. Comeback player of the year. Yep. Who do you got? I got the man from the old bayou, Joe Burrow, coming back, putting on a show. I'd like to see that. Joe Burrow went down in week 11, week 12. Uh, he played played 10 games last year. In those 10 games, he had a 65.3% completion percentage, threw for 2,688 yards, 13 TDs, 5 interceptions. That's on pace for 4,300 yards, 21 TDs, 8 interceptions. So those are decent numbers. Yeah, that's if, rookie of the year status right there. Right. They're bringing in Jamar Chase, another weapon that he's already got chemistry with. If the offensive line can hold up and keep him upright, I think he hits similar or better numbers. Yeah, I'd like to see that. I I like Joe Burrow. I think that he was great to watch last year. Yeah. And so really promising talent that I think everybody hated to see him go down. Hopefully we do get a comeback and he's able to pick up where he left off, similar to like uh, Ben Roethlisberger, who got hurt early in his career, missed a lot of time, came back really well. And we're not looking at a situation like Teddy Bridgewater, who 
was looking promising, got hurt, and has never really been the same. Yeah. You know, comeback player of the year, always an injured guy. So, yeah. similar, I have Carson Wentz Ooh. as my comeback player of the year. That's an interesting take. There's a lot of good candidates. Yeah. Yeah, I think Carson, he's got the resume, similar to like you, you were talking about Joe, that yeah. he's done so well before. It's just, can he come back from an injury, pick up where he left off, and move forward? And right. I think that the situation Carson is in, in Indy, if he's healthy with a well above average offensive line and a fantastic defense to take the pressure off of him, I think he's in a really good situation yeah. to win comeback player of the year. Where Joe Burrow, I don't know that his situation is quite as good, but I think Carson's situation is fantastic. Yeah, I, and so that's why I went Carson Wentz is, is really, I think that, I mean, like we talked about in our AFC prediction show... That that I think Indy's defense is special. And so if Carson, like you said with Joe, if Carson could stay upright, yeah, he's got all of the talent to make that team playoff winning, deep run in the playoff right. caliber. Yeah, the one thing I worry about with, with Burrow is because of the situation in Cincinnati and that team not really being necessarily built to win right now, that since he could go out and go... Seven and ten, eight and nine, and Burrow will look like less sexy of a pick yeah. because of that. Even if the numbers support it, you know, he throws forty five hundred yards, thirty TDs. It's like okay, but you took your team to seven and ten. Yeah, and so, especially in that right division, where if I'm being honest. I might have lost a little sleep over how low I put the Steelers in my... I've woken up and just thought, man, TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, that's a fantastic defense, and I slept on them hard. And so I think that between that Steelers defense, he's going to have to play twice a year. The Browns defense, he's going to have to play twice a year. The Ravens defense. Really more the Ravens offense. (laughs) I don't know if he can overcome... The Ravens' offense, and so I think that there's just a big, a big mountain in front of him through that division. Where Carson Wentz, all he has to do yeah. is outperform the two bad teams in his division and stay healthy, stay healthy, and be better than the Titans. Yeah, you know, or or as good. And I think that he's looking at a comeback player of the year award. Yeah, I I do think that Carson is in probably the perfect situation for him as long as he can stay healthy, mainly because of what you said. He's got the O-line that is drastically improved over Philly. He's paired back up with Frank Reich. He's got weapons all around him. I mean, that's that's it's built for success. And I, I even think Carson has an outside shot at, at MVP if he stays healthy. Ooh. So come back. I definitely think that that's a possibility for him. So let's move on to some rookies. You want to start with offense or defense? Let's go defense. All right, so defensive rookie of the year for me was probably the hardest one to pick. There's no standout standout defensive guy like a Chase Young right. like there was a year ago. But for me, I went Micah Parsons from the Dallas Cowboys. He opted out of college last year. It's a little difficult to know exactly what he's going to do. But in 2019 at Penn State, 109 tackles, 5 sacks, 4 forced fumbles, mill linebacker he's going to be in the mix of things he's joining a linebacking core in dallas with keanu neal and leighton vander esch he should make immediate impact yeah and that d that linebacking core should be nasty yeah the front seven as as a whole should be nasty but dallas every year should be good and they underperform but i think i think micah parsons 
I mean, he's going to have, especially the tackles. The tackles you rack up as as a middle linebacker, like that number alone will put him in the race. Yeah, I. Uh, you mentioned Chase Young. I I naturally think defensive end. You know, deep backs coming in rookie season and and really making much of an impact is pretty rare. So. Like Chase Young, I went defensive end. I don't keep up with college football as well as you do, and I might not even say this guy's name right, but I went Quiddy Pay. Yeah. Michigan defensive end. Uh, went to the Colts to a defense that I already said it once this podcast. Yeah. So I'll try to I try to not make it four times. <laughs> but that Indianapolis Colts defense, man. And so you add an edge rusher, he's going to have a lot of opportunities to succeed. And so that's why I went with him is that I think that he's just in such a fantastic situation, uh, similar to Micah Parsons, that he's, you're just adding him to something that's already strong. Absolutely. And so I think that, I think that he's, he, he has potential to put up some big sack numbers and also have some tackles in a, in a, indie defense that's going to be putting a lot of pressure on QBs. Yeah, absolutely. I I almost went with him and I switched to Micah. I thought Micah was the sexier pick, but Yeah, that's fair. Quick Quiddy's a good pick. So who you got on the offensive side? Uh I'm going with the easy one. Going with the running back. I'm going Najee Harris. Hey, we agree. Hey. Look at there. Uh I I know surprise. I didn't homer pick Kyle Pitts. <laughs> uh I think I think think a tight end winning offensive rookie of the year is kind of rare. Not saying that Pitts can't do it. Right. Just because of the the pure athleticism. The usage rate, I think, is probably too low. Right. But uh, I think that Najee's just in a great situation. We talked AFC show about how I'm not high on Ben Roethlisberger. I'm still not. Still stick by that. But he's stepping into an offense with a lot of weapons. And they might need to lean on him. And so I think that he's got a really good opportunity there because of... I mean, similar to why I picked everybody I've picked is he's stepping into a situation that he can make an immediate impact. Yeah, I mean, his biggest competition for snaps is Benny Snell. Benny Snell ain't ain't pushing you off the field. Like, Najee's going to be a three-down back there. Yeah. And look at his numbers for Alabama last year. 13 games, he put up almost 1,900 yards from scrimmage with 30 touchdowns. I mean, all you have to say is he's an... Alabama running right like that's it that's all Derrick Henry Mark Ingram Alabama running backs just come in and they succeed yeah and Najee really is in my opinion of all the offensive rookies out there Najee is coming into the best situation for him yeah I mean I think that if ETN hadn't have gotten injured and you know have a lost season this year maybe ETN gives him some competition but you got James Robinson down there in Jacksonville they would have at least taken a couple snaps from from ETN yeah and I don't think like a lot of people are are predicting rookie QBs to win and offensive player of the year offensive rookie of the year like they are usually a quarterback win like that's yeah. that's who normally gets it but I have I don't have faith in Zach Wilson Justin Fields Trey Lance Trevor Lawrence, all these big big name rookie quarterbacks. I don't think either one of us have much faith in them coming in and lighting it up from the get go. No, and nobody's stepping into a situation where they have a ton of weapons. Right. You know, like I mean Trey Trey Lance kind of is. Yeah. That's if Trey Lance sees the field for most of the season. It could be Jimmy G for at least half the season. Yeah. I mean that's what you're looking at with all the rookie QBs not named Zach Wilson or Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Is there's somebody in their way 
at yeah. least week one. Yeah. And so we're not there in practice to know how likely it is that they're going to take that starting spot. So right. I think to pick a Justin Fields, who is in probably the best situation, I don't think that, I mean, if he can't take a starting spot from Andy Dalton, his future is bleak. I do wonder how much of that is them like just sticking with Andy Dalton because they've already said that and how much is him not being able to win it from Dalton because like they signed Dalton to be their starter like they came out after that signing and said oh yeah QB1 here he is this is our guy and so they went into this season with Dalton as QB1 and I don't know if that's just them saying Hey, you know, we signed this guy. We're going to give him his little chance. You're really who's going to be starting by like week three, Justin. But we got to gotta give Dalton his time in the sun. I don't know that you would do that. I mean, you think about Patrick Mahomes and Alex Smith. Now, right. Patrick did have a year to sit. But year two, they were basically like, bye. You look at Cam Newton and Mac Jones. I think that Mac is showing them enough to say... You can not just start me. You can cut Cam Newton. And the fact that Justin Fields hasn't even forced their hand enough to say, okay, yeah, we got to start this guy week one. I mean, it could could also just be Matt Nagy not having the cojones to say, sorry, Dalton, we're going with the kid. I don't know. I I just, I don't know. Maybe we can talk about it more when we get to the Bears game. But I think that they're playing an NFC team. Like that's not a time to mess around. Like you don't yeah. you don't mess around in that division and say we owe this redhead some money, so yeah. let's make him the starter. I think that it I think it shows there might be a little bit of a lack of faith in Justin Fields, at least right now. Could be moving ahead. Defensive Player of the Year. What you got? I got the man, the myth, the legend from Cleveland, Miles Garrett, Ooh. coming through. Now, obviously. The sexy pick is Aaron Donald. I get that. But let's let's do a little comparison here. Garrett, 2020, played 14 games. I think that's because of the suspension from the helmet incident. Yeah. 48 tackles, 12 sacks, 4 forced fumbles. Aaron Donald, in 16 games, played a full season. 45 tackles, 13 and a half sacks, 4 forced fumbles. Very, very, very similar numbers. And yeah. me and you are both very high on the Cleveland Browns defense. We both think that defense is going to be a little bit more improved. I think having Clowney lining up on the other side next to Garrett is going to be huge. Take a little bit of pressure off Garrett. Help pad Garrett's stats a little bit. Maybe. Be able to get back there, get some more pressure on the quarterback, probably get a couple more sacks. I just I think I think Miles Garrett's in for a monster year. He's had one season without double digit sacks. Yeah, that's I, it. I, I'm not I'm not really doubting. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm considering. That's what this face is. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, you're making some good points. I don't think Jadavian Clowney's going to help a whole lot. He hasn't helped anybody since he picked up that fumble in South Carolina. He's I mean, been less than helpful most of his career. The reason for that's more due to injury, not True. his athleticism. Like, he's still a force that you have to account for. Huh. You at least have to take, as an offensive line, you've got to take a little bit of your focus off of Garrett to focus on Clowney. Jadavian's production the last few seasons would say you can give him as much attention as you would an average defensive end and still focus on Miles Garrett. Oh, I'm not disagreeing. Look at the numbers. Jadavian Clowney, I, I had high hopes for him when he was in Seattle. 
and he was a non-factor most of the time. His, I think his injuries just have worn him down. He's one of those guys that really, really was done a disservice by needing to spend that extra time in college, put yep. more wear on his body. Yep. That guy, <clears throat> I know you love Jadavian. Well, no, Clearly. I mean, I, I agree with you, and that's why like a lot of people got really upset about how he acted his his third year in college because he was sitting out practice he wasn't he wasn't giving 110 percent and the reason for that is because he didn't want to put wear and tear on his body because the kid could have come out of high school and played in the nfl like the kid was a beast yeah but rules are rules yep so who you got i got chase young Ooh, you making me look bad you got all the stats i'm just going gut (laughs) like I, this is who I like here. No, Chase Young, Chase Young was definitely a consideration for me, too. I mean, let's be honest. It's going to go to a defensive end. Right. Like, it's going to go to a guy that's going to go out there and get 15 sacks or, yeah. or make a run at the record for sacks. I mean, that's that's the way it works. Yeah. And I think the record for sacks could be in jeopardy this year right. with an extra regular season game. So Yeah, absolutely. I think Chase Young is playing on. I think he is the best defensive end for a defense as good as his if that makes sense he is the defensive end that is best on the best defense i think that washington's defense is so good i don't think there's a defensive end better on a better defense that's what i'm trying to say there's not a defensive end better on a better defense so I don't think that Indy has a defensive end that can compete with Chase Young. Right. I don't think that I don't think that Cleveland's defense is as good as Washington's defense. I can agree with that. Yeah. But I think Chase Young his he was a force yeah. last year as a rookie and I think with a little bit more time in the weight room that grown man strength he's coming into NFL being his job I think he is in a situation to win defensive player of the year. Yeah. No argument from me. <laughs> I I I thought about Chase Young. I mean the guys that I had it narrowed down to were Aaron Donald, Miles Garrett, Chase Young. For me, I thought Chase Young second year in the league, maybe I don't know. Yeah. And so that's why I lean more towards Garrett and Donald. And Donald if Donald goes out and wins it, is it gonna surprise me? Not at all. It shouldn't surprise anybody at this point. He's won three of them. Yeah. Yeah, Chase Young, solid pick. I have a, I have a feeling, because I know your love for the guy, I have a feeling we might be on the same wavelength for offensive player yeah. of the year. I went with a guy that could have been candid for comeback player of the year in Christian McCaffrey. Ooh. I did not go Christian Ooh, McCaffrey. That's surprising. I went with old Nicholas Chubb. I think this could be the year that Nick Chubb shines in a yeah. year that Cleveland's probably going to be more of the spotlight than they have been. I think that's probably what's kept Chubb from getting some of his deserved accolades yeah. and why he's really more of like a favorite of the like pro football focus. They love Nick Chubb. And I think I love Nick Chubb. Yeah, I think the the <laughs> really deep fans like us and and guys who are more into the analytics and the stats, they see Nick Chubb more than casual fans do. Yeah. And so I think that him I think he should get the recognition he deserves this yeah. year. But Christian McCaffrey is a, a great pick. Yeah. So like I know that offensive player of the year 
for a lot of the time is a quarterback award, just like MVP. Usually goes to the MVP runner-up quarterback. And I don't like that. So that's why I didn't pick quarterback. Yeah, with it. I I feel like it should go to the best non-QB, whether that's a wide receiver that goes off or a running back that, that kills it. And I think McCaffrey's as good of a pick as any of them, mainly because he's a force in the rushing game. He's a force in the receiving game. And you have Sam Darnold as your quarterback, which means they're going to be relying on old run CMC to do quite a lot back there. Oh, yeah, for sure. If you look at his his numbers from 2019, just under 2,400 yards from scrimmage, 19 TDs, only one fumble. That's it. Yeah. I mean, you put up numbers like that again, you should win Offensive Player of the Year. He's a monster. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Could be one of the best of all time if he continues, you know, if he's able to come back from this injury well. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, Chubb, I would probably put Chubb third best running back in the league. That's how much I like him behind McCaffrey and Derrick Henry. Yeah. And even, like, Derrick Henry has just, he's been a dominant force for, like, the last two or three years. Right. That's the only reason why I put him over Nick Chubb. I think on talent alone, I think Chubb is, I think Chubb's pretty pretty close. Yeah, and I think that Derrick Henry, his usage is so much higher than yeah, Chubb. Absolutely. Yeah, Chubb is just kind of he's used, but he's not leaned on. Right. Like that Titans offense is built around Derrick Henry. Yeah. So I find it really interesting that we both chose running backs. Yeah, man. I like that. Yeah, I like that. So moving on to. The big award. The most valuable player on the Super Bowl champion, Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen. I figured you'd go there. Yeah, I like Josh Allen a lot, man. He can do it all. He is a Patrick Mahomes-esque player, maybe a little bit more mobile. Um, But he's got a cannon of an arm. Makes good decisions, really accurate, and can move the ball with his feet if he has to. He's not quite the magician that Patrick Mahomes is. Yeah. But I think what happens is that the league gets used to the guys that are always doing it. And so guys like Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers become less likely to win MVP unless they're shattering records. Right. I remember this happened in the NBA with Giannis, that it was like the new kid who's starting to get all the hype that the next year they win MVP. So, like, I think that's who Josh Allen is. He's the new kid on the block starting to be like, whoa, this might be the next Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers type player. And I think that that's, he's just poised to win it in the eyes of the media his situation and i think his performance lives up to it and i think that he's a shoe in there yeah i mean you mentioned russ and russ hasn't won an mvp which he probably deserves one what yeah no way yeah that was the big that was the big thing last year is that this is a guy that's never won mvp wow yeah and he probably deserves it maybe the biggest mvp snub Ever. He That's get, crazy. He ain't getting it this year. You know who I've got? Does his name rhyme with Snaker Fayfield? <laughs> I have maybe the discount Josh Allen. Like like the more Brett Favre-ish Josh Allen. The Dr. Thunder Josh Allen. Yeah. I have the old QB from Cleveland, 
Baker Mayfield. Not a bad uh, pick. No, Not a bad listen, pick. Listen, I am stepping out on a limb here. I will say that. I think Allen is a better pick. I thought about Allen. I think Rodgers is a better pick. Mahomes is definitely a better pick. But I don't, I don't, want, I don't want the safe bet. Right, yeah. I'm I a gambling think, man. Yeah, Mahomes is like the... We've heard of football before. Probably Patrick yeah, Mahomes. Yeah. No, you were going deep dive yeah. here. I'm a gambling man. Yeah. So I'm going to go with the gambler out on the field. <laughs> that he is. He's not like Jameis Winston level gambler, but pretty close. This this is the reason here. Now, we talked about Baker down the stretch last season. Looked much improved. If, he can, play, if he can play like that, he should absolutely be in MVP contention. Yeah. He's going to be their starting QB for the next 10 years and should get the Browns to the playoffs or close to the playoffs every single one of those Hopefully. years. Hopefully, yeah. Down the stretch, final 10 games, 2,468 yards, 16 TDs, two interceptions, just under 64% completion percentage. With This is all without Odell Beckham. Yeah. And he took them to a 7-3 and three record. That's impressive. The last 10 games. Now, 16 TDs, not great in 10 games. Yeah. But he, he's without his number one receiver in Odell, arguably a top 10 receiver in Odell Beckham. Right. But the ratio there... 16 TDs to two interceptions. We talk about how much of a gambler Baker is, how he has that Brett Farvish to him to where a little bit, maybe too much of a gunslinger at times. Yeah. But two picks. 16 to two. That's that's Rodgers-like numbers. I mean, if he can if he can double that, go 32 and four, he should absolutely be there. For sure. Especially, yeah. if, he, especially if he can pick up maybe three to 400 yards with his feet, which isn't a stretch for him. Right. And... Maybe five or six TDs rushing also. Like, none, none of that is a stretch for him, I don't think. So, I know I'm going out on a limb, but I'm hanging out out there. And I'm going to be on the Baker train. And we're going to see him win MVP. Who, who was the last quarterback in Cleveland to win MVP? Has there ever been one? Probably. I mean, yeah, probably. I can't, I can't think of one. Oh, Fred Tankenstary. <laughs> like, some guy that played while they were... Le- Leather helmets, yeah. maybe. Yeah. But yeah, no nobody in recent memory has won it up there in, in Cleveland. Yeah. That's good. I think that uh you know, going against the grain I didn't realize how or get, how with the grain Josh Allen was yeah. until we opened up ESPN earlier and saw that like he's the M V P darling. But I mean he was I mean, the runner sense. up. He was the runner up last year. Yeah. So and rightfully so. I mean I, I'm with you. Allen if I didn't pick Baker, Allen would have been the guy I would have yeah. picked. All right, so let's move over to our week one. Week one. Predictions. Woo-woo. First week of the season. Yeah, let's man. go. Starting it off with everyone's least favorite matchup. I really hate that this is the Ugh. kickoff game. I'm glad we're going to be playing Madden during I mean, it. I get that like every single year the kickoff game is the reigning champ. I get that, and That's I'm okay. Fair. I'm okay with it being the Bucks, but you chose the team that shoved down our throat Ugh. on primetime TV every single year. Last year, the Cowboys were the Sunday Night Football opener. Every single year, they get a dang primetime slot for Week One, listen, and I'm tired of it. Listen, NFL, we're done with it. Nobody outside of Dallas likes your team that. Hasn't done anything since the 90s. Give it up. 30 years. 30 years. Give it up. So who do you got for that game? Well, you know, the interesting news of the week this week has been Zach Martin. Will he play? 
won't he play? It's leaning towards he won't play. As of our taping of this on Tuesday night, there's still an outside shot that Zach Martin plays. If he plays, and if Dak plays, because I heard Dak is questionable too, I was going to go Cowboys. But without Martin, and especially if there's no if there's no Dak, it's it's got to be the Bucks. You know, I was with you when the Zach Martin news broke. I I changed my pick, and I was yep. like, well, Same I here. had Cowboys. Same here. But I mean, the more I thought about it, it is the Bucks at home coming off the Super Bowl win. I think the energy is going to lean towards the pirate ship in the end zone. And I think the Bucks are going to win. At this point, I've convinced myself that even if Zach Martin does play and the Cowboys are completely healthy, yeah. it's probably still the Bucks. I yeah. think it's just out of a dislike for the Bucks that I was yeah, leaning probably. towards Dallas. <laughs> uh, but I think the smart thing is to go go with the Bucks. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. So second matchup, Falcons Eagles. I'm gonna take a wild guess and say you go with. A- with the Homer pick here, I feel like you would be crazy to not also go with the Falcons. Oh, I did, right? Yeah, because <laughs> neither one think the Eagles are worth a pile of garbage. Yeah, yeah, I think that the Eagles are bad. I think this is going to be a really good way to kick off the season for the Falcons. Potentially get a lot of momentum moving in the win column. Yeah. Give Arthur Smith, give the boys uh, a chance to rally around him against an Eagles team that is in rebuild mode. Yep. That doesn't have a whole lot going for them on either side of the ball. Yep. And I think that that being in Atlanta is what really cemented it for me. It's I think if they were in Philly, I would probably still lean towards Atlanta. Yep. But being in Atlanta, I think it's a lock. Yeah, for all the reasons you mentioned, I'm with you. And Atlanta, as of right now, are three-point favorites. I will say that Atlanta wins that game by 10. Oh, for sure. I yeah. don't I don't see that being a super close game. I mean, I think it's going to be interesting to watch because you get Jalen Hurts and you got Devonta Smith out there. It'll be interesting to see those two guys link up, see what they can do. Outside of that, there's no reason to watch Philly. Right. It's going to be the ATL show. Yeah, and hopefully we get to see Kyle Pitts do some unicorn things. I want to see it, man. I'm so excited. Can't wait. Can't wait. Yeah, I feel like a lot of our picks are going to be very similar. There's a lot of really good games uh, this week. There's also a lot of, like, very mediocre games. Yeah. And I think that this next one could turn into that. Steelers, Bills, who you got? I'm going Bills. Yeah. I I know I was low on the Steelers. It's going to be a tough game. This is this defense of Pittsburgh is going to challenge Josh Allen. It's not an easy out. It could be a tough game. I could also see it being like a 31-17 type game. That's true. I yeah, it does have a little bit of blowout potential, but I don't know. I think Ben Roethlisberger, we're going to see him deteriorate as the season goes on. So this is probably the best Big Ben we're going to get is going to be week one. 
And so that's yeah. what makes me think this game is going to be a little bit closer. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I have the Bills as my Super Bowl champion. I think this is the best team in football. So yeah. I don't think that they're going to drop one to the bottom of AFC North. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I just I don't I don't have that much faith in Pittsburgh's offense. That's really what it boils down to. I agree with you that their defense is super solid. The Bills also have a ridiculously stacked defense, and I don't see even with Najee Harris going out there and potentially running for a hundred, maybe hundred and fifty in his debut. Oof. I don't I don't see that even helping that offense that much. Yeah, that that's a lot to ask against Buffalo's defense. Right, though. right. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Even potentially, if he does that, he got. <laughs> hey, it's go your out. first game as a rookie. Go up against one of the top defenses in the right. NFL. Have right. have a good day. I don't see that game being close. I think it's. I mean, it, it could, but I think it's very much going to be Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I don't think we're going to be watching no uh, TikTok star Juju Smith <laughs> Schuster doing a whole lot of dancing in that yeah. one. Yeah, definitely not. So let's turn our attention to the comeback kid, Joe Burrow, going up against Minnesota. Who you got? Uh, I'm going to take the away team on this one. I'm going to go with Minnesota. I think that they're just a little bit better all around than Cincinnati. Give me Cincinnati's offense over the Vikings' offense, but the Vikings' defense all day over the Bengals' defense. Bengals' defense is sad. Now we're getting spicy. What? Because this is the first game we disagree on. I'm taking Cincy. And I even have Minnesota making the playoffs as a wild card team. But I think they go out and they lay an egg against Cincy. I think Cincy is coming in with some hype. Those fans are going to be juiced up. The Bayou kid coming back. Jamar Chase out there. I just I see, I see Burrow going out throwing for 300, maybe even 350. I think Dalvin Cook is going to run for 300, maybe 350. It might, that, he might. Against he might. the Bengals, that defense is awful. Don't get me wrong. I think I think it could be a close game. But I think since he wins it, I, I just call think me crazy. That, I, I will. You're crazy. <laughs> I, I think that the Vikings, I think that their offense is just going to be too much for Cincinnati. I, I could definitely see it being a high-scoring game. Yeah. But I, I, I think that the Vikings will be able to get a – a few more stops than Cincinnati. Potentially, yeah. And so, really, that's what it comes down to for me is, like, if you're counting on somebody to get stops, because both of those offenses are going to have a fairly easy time. The Bengals, because of the quality. Vikings, mostly because of the quality of the Bengals' defense. Right. So, I'm going to go Vikings. Yeah, I, I think this game could go one of two ways. It could either be a very, very good game to watch. Very... I wouldn't say good. Very, very fun game to watch. Yeah. Or a very, very terrible game to watch. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Gut gut feeling says Bengals. The Lions only, you know, Minnesota minus three. Three point favorites. I don't think that's I don't think it's crazy that crazy to pick Cincy. I mean, I didn't I didn't say you were that crazy. Yeah. But still crazy. That's a lot to ask Joe Burrow coming off of an injury <laughs> to come back and be clicking on all cylinders. All right, all right. Well, let's keep it in the NFC North. Head over to San Fran versus Detroit. This one is the easiest game potentially on the list. Yeah, today. probably. Yeah, the Lions are just really bad. No. So give me the 49ers all day, all yeah. day, every day. I'm taking San Francisco over Detroit. I mean, I know I picked the Lions to finish third in the North ahead of Chicago, but they ain't. 
they ain't starting that this week. I'm going the Niners. This got like this is this is too easy. Yeah. I mean that Niners offense should be clicking whether it's Garoppolo or Lance if he gets any time. Shanahan mentioned potentially splitting snaps as the season goes. Yeah. But really it's it's San Fran's defense that swings it for me. I don't think oh, that yeah. like Jared Goff and the couple of friends he might have in Detroit. I'm, I'm not even going to say Jared Goff and company because he doesn't have a company there. No. Like, there's nobody there. That's a non-profit. It's not <laughs> even a company. It's Jared Goff and non-profit. Jared Goff's charity case out there. Yeah. Like, they're not going to be able to do anything. No. They yeah. might get shut out. I mean, in, in reality, that could be a shutout. We'll yeah. put this game it, on shutout alert. They could really be. could yeah. Not be able to move the ball. I think it's they might crazy. get embarrassed. I think it's crazy they have the over under set at forty five. Like there's no way there's forty five unless it's all from the Niners. There's no way there's forty five total points. They in probably the game. think that San Francisco's going to score three touchdowns and their defense is going to score three touchdowns. I mean, maybe, <laughs> but even then, that's forty two points. Listen, you, you're giving the Lions a field goal or two. Maybe, maybe ah. they maybe they get a fumble and can just. Booted in, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe Arizona, Tennessee. This, this to me is like the first so far, like sneaky good games. Oh, I don't think this is a sneaky good game. I think this is a good game. Yeah, that, I okay, think this absolutely, fair. with it being in Tennessee, I've got Tennessee in this one. I do too. I think that Arizona later in the season might be the better team, but week one. I, th- I think I'm going to go the Titans. Yeah. I've got I've got the Titans win it also. I think it's going to be close. I think Arizona's going to come out and put up some points on the board. But I'm with you. I think I think they're really going to start shining probably week 4, week 5 as we progress into the season. Yeah. I think that's when they're really going to come into their own. And I think Tennessee at this point just has I don't want to say more experience, but like maybe more chemistry within that team. Yeah, I think their core is just a little more intact than Arizona. I mean, I know yeah. Arizona, really the biggest ad they had was J.J. Watt, and it's right. not like he's going to be a difficult adjustment for them. You he's, know? Not, he's, he's not the playmaker he once was. That's true. Yeah. That's true. But I, I, I don't think that their chemistry... I mean, I, I agree with you that I think that's probably why I went to Tennessee, but maybe it's just that, the, that, that thing in our guts that we just know. Yep. Or maybe we'll both be wrong. That's totally a possibility. It if there's for if, sure could be Arizona. If there's a game I'm okay being wrong about though, like it's this one. Because yeah. I very much like both of these teams and I'm okay with either one getting the win. And again, I think it's gonna be close. I just think Tennessee's gonna do a little bit more. Yeah. I'm with you. All right. I think we agree on this <clears throat> next one too. That face says maybe not. I mean maybe. Seahawks at Colts. I went with the Colts. I went with the Seahawks. You did. I took you the Seahawks. You don't like them. I took. I I know I don't like them. I very much don't like them. <laughs> but I very much like Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf. That's true. And I think those two guys, like, take the other nine players off the field. <laughs> well, maybe leave the five offensive right, line. Right, right, yeah. But take the other five guys off the field. I'm having to do math now. Welcome to Booth Review Math Podcast. <laughs> Where we're subtracting numbers from 11. <laughs> and, like, those two guys could go out and put up 45 points oh, on yeah. anybody. That might be the best duo in the league. Yeah. For sure. I, I don't... Now, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams might disagree, but... That's I fair. mean, That's... it's probably 1A and 1B. Yeah. Yeah. 
I just, if we know, again, I'll mention Indy's defense for the third time at least here. I think when I'm looking at these two teams, I'm seeing one team that is mostly defense and some offense and one team that is all offense and no defense. That's fair. And so for me, I think that, again, if we're talking about who's going to get more stops, I see Indy getting a couple more stops. And again, we don't know what we're going to see from Carson Wentz. So I could be flat wrong here if Carson Wentz comes out and is bad. And if that happens, then they're in a whole different league of trouble. I think that was that was the thing for me is again, I'm with you on the Colts to an extent. Yeah. But it relies on Carson staying healthy. Yeah, and, it's and definitely being, like a, a contingent on Carson for right. both of us. Yeah. And so I just think there's so many question marks around him. He could come out and he could play like he played last year or the year before and that's not gonna win them that game. It it could Against Seattle because of how terrible Seattle's defense right. is. But I just don't know. And and at this point, we don't even know if Carson's starting that game. That's true. You're, it could be Jacob Eason. And that, oh man, can I make my pick dependent <laughs> on if no, Jacob man, Eason this, starts? This is if Jacob this Eason is... starts, it's a slaughter. <laughs> that dude is not an NFL caliber quarterback. Put me on the record for that. I will go down saying Jacob Eason is not an NFL caliber quarterback. But, yeah. I, I mean, the Seahawks, as we've seen, can hang 50 on just about anybody. The exception is the team with the horseshoe logo. I don't think anybody can hang 50 on Indianapolis. I think that yeah. unless Jacob Eason's throwing the pick sixes, I think that that defense is just too good. And so for that reason, I'm going to go Indy. This is probably the game that I went the most back and forth on. I just, something in my gut just says, let Russ cook. You're not wrong. I, I definitely could see it, again, contingent on Carson. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So moving on, this is probably, this This might be my favorite matchup of week yeah. one. I mean, it's hard to argue with Browns Chiefs because that game is going to be electric, but this game is, I think, is going to be a lot of fun. Did you electric pun intended for this game? No, but it, it's a good pun. <laughs> going with the Chargers and the football team of Washington. Yeah, when are they, when are they going to give this team a name? I think I think they said next year. So at this rate, just call them the Defenders, like. That's who this team is. That's their identity. So they've already narrowed it down to three finalists. They have not announced what those three finalists are, but the three finalists were chosen from this list of eight. Oh, okay. You have Armada, Brigade, Commanders, Mm -mm. Defenders, which XFL had the DC Defenders, which I thought that was a great name. And, I mean, it fits their identity right now. It does. Presidents. Boo. The Red Hogs, the Red Wolves, or keeping it Washington football team. Which, I know they came out last year or maybe sometime over this offseason and said that keeping it Washington football team was a legit consideration. I don't know how that's a legit consideration. It shouldn't be. To me, my favorite of those is probably Red Hogs. And the reason why is because it keeps that Redskins-style flow. You pay a little bit of tribute to the original name, Redskins, and you pay a little bit of tribute to 
that offensive line of the eighties who were known as the Hogs hmm. and call it the Red Hogs. I think I think that's that's a cool name. Yeah. I just wonder if they're gonna try to dis themselves distance themselves from their old name could to be. avoid it and so maybe they avoid the but I mean it could go either way. That if they, they either want to pay a tribute to or they want to distance themselves from. And if they want to distance, I say go with defenders. Yeah, man. I don't necessarily love Washington defenders the same way I like D.C. defenders. And they might. They probably could. We'll see. I mean, I think they'd have to buy the trademark from The Rock. I think The Rock owns XFL now. I'm not <clears> trying <throat> to take anything from The Rock. I wouldn't <laughs> take maybe a handshake. I'd take a handshake, but I wouldn't try to take anything from The Rock. So in this game... Regardless of their team name, I've got them losing. Going with the electric, pun intended this time, Justin Herbert. I think that the Chargers' momentum from last season is going to be good. I'm not high on Fitzmagic. I think that, you know, maybe like an old car that takes a few, like, and then like finally it cranks. I think this is one of those games that he doesn't quite crank. Against a good Chargers defense, and yeah. I think the Chargers are gonna have a hard time moving the ball against a defense this good. But I think the defense gets tired because of how little Washington will be able to do on offense. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you for all those reasons. I like Fitzmagic. I think the magic isn't quite there in this game, though. Yeah, I think old Justin Herbert is gonna be the magician. And to me, I already said this is gonna be the the most fun game of the weekend. In my opinion. Yeah, maybe the most um, interesting game for sure. And I think, I mean, Vegas agrees with me. The Chargers are only a one-point favorite. Wow. So they expect it to be close. They expect it to be fun. I'm in the same boat, and I'm going with the Chargers. I like it. Moving down to Carolina, yep. where we get to see Sam Darnold take on his old team. Old team. The Jets visiting the Panthers. Who you got in this one? CFO Sam Darnold is still seeing ghosts out there. I've actually Uh-oh. got Sam Darnold getting the win. Oh, me too. I don't I don't see any upsets coming from New York, mainly because I don't trust anything with that organization right now. Me and you have already talked all about how we don't trust Zach Wilson going out and lighting it up. No. That's not to say Zach Wilson's not going to be a good quarterback. Yeah, Tony listening- Romo thinks so. A lot of people think so. Yeah. I was listening earlier today on... The, the Pat McAfee show every Tuesday, Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. And Rodgers was talking about how, how good he thinks Zach Wilson is. I mm. think Zach Wilson has a lot of talent. Maybe he does. I don't think it shines in this game. I think the Panthers are too good. I think the defense is, is going to shut him down. Yeah. I think Christian McCaffrey's going to go off for maybe even 200 against them. Yeah, probably all purpose rushing yeah. and receiving. Yeah. I'd give Christian McCaffrey 200 two, yards. Two, 250. Yeah, yeah. easy. I don't think, like, this This is a very easy pick for me. For sure. Yeah, same here for all the same reasons you just said. And for some reason, I don't, I don't know if you remember this, I picked the Panthers to win the division. Again. <laughs> I do remember you, you know, Shh. with that little crazy moment of yours. We don't have to talk about it. So for whatever reason I did that, I've got to give them some wins somewhere. So this is an easy one to yeah, give them. And for sure. Hopefully they make it look easy. Moving from one rookie quarterback to maybe the biggest name in rookie quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence heading down to take on the quarterbackless Houston hey, Texans. Hey, don't disrespect Tyrod Taylor like that. <laughs> Newly named starting quarterback for Woo-hoo. Houston, Tyrod Taylor, Man. ladies and gentlemen. 
Let's give the man a little respect. Cooking down there. I'm talking about I, Tyrod. I think is a perfectly fine, serviceable transitional quarterback. That sounds probably worse than I mean it. I would but, say he's probably top notch backup quarterback. Right. Would be where I rank him. I I view his career very similar to how I view Fitzpatrick. Very similar to how I view Teddy Bridgewater. I think. Those guys are good guys to bring in when you're in rebuild mode. You've either got a face of the franchise quarterback in waiting that is sitting behind them, or you're hoping to get a relatively high draft pick in the next draft. Yeah, I mean, they're guys that are not going to... Well, Fitzpatrick might, but for the most part, especially I like the Teddy Bridgewater comparison for Tyrod. I think those two guys are very similar. Not bad decision makers to have a tendency to hold on to the ball a little too long because they're so safe with it but not gonna lose you a game because they're throwing picks Um, right you know the epitome of maybe not even the epitome of a game manager i would put them a a little half step below a game manager yeah because to me the epitome was alex smith or ryan daniel guys that could actually be starting quarterbacks right and i don't see I know Teddy is going to be the starter in Denver and Tyrod's the starter in Houston because of the Deshaun, you know, issues. But not one of those guys should be starters. I think we should coin it the Deshaun debacle. The Deshaun debacle has a good sound to it. Yeah, I like that. That's what we should call it. I like that. So who do you have winning? I've got old Urban Meyer getting his first win as an NFL head coach. Yeah, me too. I just think there's too much disarray down there in Houston, even with it being a home game and it being the Jags. Like, that's, to me, that says a lot about the situation your team is in when we're giving the visiting Jaguars a win. And that's no knock on Trevor Lawrence. I think there's just a lot of unproven there in Jacksonville. But I, I think that to pick Houston, you would need to have a Texans tattoo. I mean, if you want to glimpse into what people think this game will be like, tickets are as low as $21. Ooh, so if you want to go see old Trevor Lawrence light up in his debut, 21 bucks. Hey, that's not a bad deal. All right, so moving from probably the worst game of the weekend mm. to probably the most exciting. Like, this game should be arguably the best football we see of the weekend. Yes, this is the pinnacle of football being played in this matchup. We talked about Chargers-Washington probably being the most exciting. This is probably going to be the best football. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at a potential AFC championship game here. Browns, Browns Browns-Chiefs. Yeah, this is huge. This is a game... I think this game is a big barometer if you're a Cleveland fan. Yeah. I think that this is going to show you where this team is and how they play the game. Potentially also if you're a Chiefs fan. I mean, I talked last week about the the damage that can be the Super Bowl losing season. Yep. And so if, if Cleveland comes out and destroys Kansas City. You have to wonder how much of it is being distraught after a Super Bowl loss yeah. to where you're like, I don't even know why we're doing this anymore. I mean, I think the tough part for Cleveland's going to be that they have to play it at Arrowhead. That stadium is always ridiculous. Yeah, that's. I literally have the Chiefs in this game because it's in Kansas City. Interesting. I have the Browns. 
I think if you flip it, I think this game is in if this game is in Cleveland, I would probably pick Cleveland. I think that's yeah. how close it is. And if it was in a neutral site, probably a tie. That's how torn yeah. I am on this game. Is I'm literally just giving the Chiefs the points they have for being at home. What's the spread on this game right now? The Chiefs are six point favorites. Wow, which is incredibly generous. Yeah, I think that's really high. That's a really high line for this game. I see it being. I mean, maybe it's not that high, but I think from a talent perspective of these two teams, it's a little bit closer than that. And Cleveland is the more complete team. Give yep. me Cleveland's defense over the Chiefs' defense yep. eleven times out of ten. Like that yep. defense is so much better than the Chiefs. But yeah, I mean, outside of the Honey Badger and Chris Jones, I mean, that defense is that defense in Kansas City is not great. No. Um, yeah, I've I've got Cleveland coming out and proving any doubters of theirs absolutely wrong. I think they're gonna come out. I think they're gonna put on a show. They're gonna go pound for pound against Mahomes and his friends. And end up end up winning. Yeah, this is for sure going to be one that we stream on Madden when oh, we stream oh, on Thursday for sure. So for uh, sure, yeah, we'll mention it again at the end. But we're going to be streaming Madden on Twitch on Thursday night as we're watching Thursday night football. Uh, so hang out with us. We'll for sure be playing this game, and we're for sure going to be playing the Thursday night game uh, in Madden. We'll be playing Bucks and Cowboys yeah. uh, as as we're watching the game happen. And as the well. thir- third game, TBD. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure, figure it out. out. So moving on, this is going to be a big game in the race for the AFC East. we got the Miami Dolphins going into Foxborough facing Mac Jones. His debut as a quarterback, playing on probably the best team for a rookie quarterback, playing for the best coach of all time. A lot of people have Mac Jones leading them to a a division championship. Really? I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, same. I don't see Mac Jones getting them even to a wild card, but I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, me neither. Because, so, again, we don't bet against Bill Belichick. Right. Not in this right. closet. So who do you have in this game? I have the Dolphins. Me too. <laughs> me too. As I much it's... as I just talked up Mac Jones <laughs> and the New England Patriots, I have the Dolphins. Yeah, I think put this game later in the season and I give it to the Patriots. But, I mean, I was going to say Mac Jones in the spotlight, but the dude played for Bama. Yeah. Like, you don't get much more spotlight than... I, I think that the spotlight in the college football playoffs is brighter than a 4 25 NFL game, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but but, it but is, this is this is an exciting. It's a division game. Yes, yeah. Tua versus his backup. Yeah, I I am with you that I think it's Miami. I don't think Miami is the better team. Right. I just think that Mac Jones won't. Oh man, I'm I <laughs> might you know sitting here talking about it. I'm talking you into picking the Patriots. No, I'm. <laughs> I'm buying more into Bill Belichick and Mac. Yeah. I'm going to switch it. I'm going to go I'm going to go with New England. I have them finishing over them in in the division anyway. And I mean, you know me and my love for the D. And I just think that the Patriots defense is so much better. Well. And I don't know if Tua is there. You know? Like fair. There. I'm just not quite sold enough on the Dolphins. And as we talk about it, as I'm praying about it in this moment, 
Just <laughs> sitting down and reflecting on it. Really meditating just on meditate. the moment. Oh. I, I, well, unlike unlike I'm gonna you, go pack. I'm gonna unlike go you, I don't switch my picks, and I'm sticking with Miami. I think Tua's got the goods. I think he's going to go up. I think he's going to ball out. I think he's going to maybe have a couple connections with old Jalen Waddle. Maybe. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying it's going to be a slaughter. Yeah. I think it being in New England is is my tipping point. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. which I, the line is literally New England by three, which is yeah, giving them yeah. the game because it's at home. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, Tua could come out. And pick up where he left off, and and continue that momentum. Yeah. Um. But I I don't know. I just I'm wondering if there's more to Mac Jones than we think, because Bill Belichick was willing to give Cam the boot. Yeah, maybe it it makes me it it gives me more trust in Mac Jones because Belichick seems confident. But maybe maybe not. We'll see. I think it has potential to be a really good game. Really yeah. good game. Maybe not like necessarily great football, but really good, fun game to watch. Yeah, it could be interesting for sure. Definitely a lot for both of these teams to prove. And with let's let's say with second place in the division up for grabs, because ain't nobody taking it from Buffalo. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think that this they're really just fighting for second here. So next up on the slate, we got a game that was moved to Jacksonville because of old Hurricane Ida rolling mm-hmm. through New Orleans. Yeah. It's supposed to be a home game for the Saints. I don't see that being the case in Jacksonville. Packers fans travel really well. Yeah, they do. I think Packers fans are going to fill up that stadium in Jacksonville. Packers, Saints, who you got? Easy. Yeah. I don't think that I'm going to pick the Saints ever Ooh. this year. Ooh. I mean, okay. I say that. Give Jameis some love. Come I, on. I ain't, I got no love <laughs> for New Orleans. So, I, I, unless Jameis comes out and proves that he is on par with Drew Brees, I mean, let's be real. With Michael Thomas on the pup list, he's not going to be in for six weeks. I don't think there's any way the Saints, they might go 0-16. Oh, Ooh. All all props to Sean Payton. Listen, I think he is one of the greatest coaches of all time. I can't wait till he retires. <laughs> but ain't no way they're beating the Packers. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I have LaFleur winning coach of the year for a reason. I think Rodgers is going to be an MVP contention again. I just... The Packers are too good offensively. Yeah. Like, just ridiculous and defensively i think like espn named the, that triplet their top triplet between rogers aaron jones Devonte adams yeah probably the best trio in the nfl yeah uh, it's 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 too easy yeah i mean this will be a really good game for the packers to come out week one and get a nice easy win easy dub yeah yeah absolutely no disagreements from me me on that one all right, so Denver, New York, great football game. Yeah, that's why they just slid that one in the four twenty-five. They're like, nobody's going to yeah. watch this anyway. Yeah. I mean, you know, I have the Giants finish second in that division. Yeah, I don't see any reason to give Denver a win at all this year. So, give me the Giants in this one. Yeah, you know, I called you crazy when you picked 
New York to win that division. I didn't pick them to win. I picked them to come in second. That's right. That's I right. still when got you, Cowboys when you, first. When you picked them to come in second, and really the more that I've thought about and the more I've heard other people talk about them, <laughs> the more I'm coming around to the Giants being a sneaky team this year. Yeah. I don't think that they're I don't think they're gonna come out and win the division like a lot of people think. I don't think that they're necessarily going to get a wild card spot, but I could very much see them being in the hunt for one. Yeah. I just I wanna see the that progression from Danny Dimes. Yeah. I wanna see him like noticeable progression from where he was last year. I just think with Saquon you don't need him to be even Baker Mayfield That's true. level. No, yeah, I mean Sa- Saquon coming back is is very big for them. And you know, we talked earlier about comeback player of the year. Saquon could very easily win that too. Oh yeah. Unless it's <clears throat> one of those injuries that just keeps nagging him, which I hope not cuz that dude yeah. looks generational. Yeah. Um I, I don't I don't wish that on anybody, but I'm I'm with you though. I have I have the Giants win this one. I don't think it's going to be particularly close. I find it very interesting that Denver is is the favorite by three points. I don't know how Vegas got there. If I was a betting man, I'm going out and putting money on New York. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Wow, that's a terrible line. Yeah. Either that or somebody in Vegas knows something that we don't. Big old secret. I mean, it's possible. I have heard rumors of Vegas getting like inside information before... It's released to the public, so it's possible. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, d- I don't know how the odds makers got yeah, that's that weird. line. I also don't know how the odds makers set the over under at forty two. I don't see forty two points being scored in that game. I think. I mean, maybe be... the Broncos have neither an offense or a defense, right? And the Giants don't have much of a defense, and so you you give the Broncos a touchdown or two because of how bad the Giants' defense is. And the Giants with Saquon, Dandy Dimes, Kenny Galladay being able to score at will. But I see it more being like a like a 24-13 to 13 type game, which is 37. Yeah, I mean, that's only you're only, what, five points off of that? Five points is like a decent amount. Nah. I'm just saying, 42 seems a little too high. But at the same time, like... Scoring less than 42 points in an NFL game is, like, you have to be really bad to do that. That's true. Or two really good defenses. Might right. happen in that Chargers-Washington game. Yeah, I uh, I could see that for yeah, sure. That might be a low scoring. And this next game. I mean, this, yeah. the Bears in L.A. against the Rams. Sunday night football, baby. That's a Let's really go. good, well, not really good matchup. We're gonna have to watch old old Red Riot or whatever it's. What's his nickname? The Red Rider, man. Red Rider. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna have to watch him at least a quarter. I do really wonder how long of a leash do you have on Andy Dalton? Because if if you're that high on Justin Fields and if he's as talented as he showcased in the preseason, granted it's preseason. Yeah, it's it's backups mostly that you're playing against, especially this year. Um, and Basically, I think, practice. I think going forward, like this season, this preseason to me was a telling sign of what's to come. Yeah, I, I think going forward, it's going to look very similar. Offensive starters, defensive starters, getting very few reps, if any, in the preseason. Um, you're looking at 
maybe a combined half through through three games. I don't see moving forward. I don't see starters getting a ton of minutes, um, a ton of snaps. What's interesting is I heard that one of the big reasons they didn't do that is because there wasn't a preseason last year, right. and offensive production was basically unchanged week one. Right. Yeah. I'm you not saw. It, the product didn't suffer. So I think what happened is they saw that that happened last year, and they thought, you know what? Why do we need to play guys yeah. like Aaron Rodgers and Matt Ryan? Why do we need to risk them yeah. and put them out there? Let's just see what we can get from the other guys. I mean, I think I think it's more fair to the other guys to do that because you're, you're talking about, like, fourth and fifth string guys that are there to prove they have what it takes to be on an NFL roster. Yeah. Give those guys a chance. Yeah. Like, what are you doing wasting time putting Aaron Rodgers out there? Like, go give Jordan Love some reps. Yeah. Let him get used to that NFL action so he's ready next year when Rodgers is gone hosting Jeopardy. <laughs> and and you'll be prepared. Like, yeah. Or or that, that linebacker that's, that's trying to make it, that has been floating around from practice squad to practice squad and wants to be, you know... Maybe not a starter, but a second stringer on a team. Give him some reps. Let's see what he's got. Or guys that this is really legitimately their last shot. Right. That I think that it could be a huge moment or just experience for them to be like, yeah. hey, I did this. And even if they don't get a career, they had minutes because you're yeah. not wasting it on a Hall yeah. of Famer. If you're not going to have a developmental league, which me and you have both talked about we think there should be something for the NFL. Because the offseason is so long. That's part of it. But also, every other major sport has a developmental league of some sort. And the NFL doesn't. And to an extent, college football is a developmental league because of the fact that you have to go play for three years or technically be three years removed from high school before you can get drafted into the NFL. But there's guys that are talented in college that for whatever reason go unnoticed maybe they go play at a school that that goes four and eight three and nine doesn't have a a a stellar season and so they go overlooked they go undrafted maybe they get picked up but they need a they need the ability to go prove themselves and if you're not going to have a developmental league like an xfl like an aaf like you've got to give those guys a spot and a chance and three games Every preseason before actual action starts is a perfect spot. Great chance, for sure. So, all that to say, (laughs) I don't know truly how good Justin Fields is for lighting it up in preseason against guys trying to make a team. But, I do wonder how long they're going to give Andy Dalton. Yeah. I mean, over under three games? I mean, I think if if we're still seeing Andy Dalton... Play at Andy Dalton levels, okay? I'm not saying that he's going to come out and light it up or that he's going to come out and be a bum. But if he's just playing average Andy Dalton football in week three and they haven't moved on from him, that's telling you what they see from Justin Fields isn't quite ready. And maybe we're looking at a Patrick Mahomes-type situation where... Andy Dalton, who is not much different than an Alex Smith, yeah. gets to start for a year. And then you say, thanks for helping. 
Now it's Justin Fields' turn. And we've, because we've, we've talked about how we both like guys sitting. Yeah, and I remember watching Patrick Mahomes in his rookie season in preseason, and I yeah. was like, this dude is different. That's yeah. why I drafted him in that deep keeper league, is yeah. I was like, I saw it happen. And, and that's what like, a lot of people have said about Justin Fields, is this yeah. guy looks different in preseason, but it's preseason. That's true. So, I don't know. Um, I do think Matt Nagy's kind of robbing us of a good debut for Justin Fields on Sunday Night Football. But at the same time, I'd rather him not risk it. Yeah, like, I agree. Give Justin Fields a chance to develop. Even though I'm not a huge fan, I'm not sold on him, you know, I I don't want to root against the guy. Yeah. Like, let him let him sit if he needs to sit. Um, It'd make for, this game a lot more fun to watch, though. I don't know, man. This one, I might be really excited. Again, you know I love the D. That's what this game has. You've got two of the best defenses in football. In Chicago, in L.A., both of them going to come out and just slobber knocker. Yeah. Dudes banging heads, interceptions, sacks. That's what I want to see from this game. Tackle behind the line of scrimmage. The most underrated stat in the world. Give me some TFLs. That's what I want to watch in this game. I want to watch Roquan Smith going sideline to sideline, cutting dudes off, Khalil Mack getting in the backfield, tackling Sony Michelle for a loss. Like that's I want to see passes batted down. Yeah. That's what I want to watch. And I think that's what this game's gonna have. Yeah. So who do you have? I've got the Rams. Yeah, so do I. Because yeah. Andy Dalton. <laughs> or as we said, not sold on Justin Fields. I think even if it is Justin Fields starting this game, yeah. gimme LA. But especially because it's Andy Dalton. I mean Rams um, seven and a half point favorites. I think that's maybe underselling the Rams a little really? bit. Yeah, honestly. I mean just because I think that LA offense is that good. As we talked about in our NFC predictions, I I really believe in Matt Stafford and Sean McVay pairing up and then putting on a show offensively. I almost chose Stafford for MVP. Ooh, almost. I would have laughed at you out loud for that one. I think Baker is more out on a limb than Stafford is. But, You're talking about but, a guy who has won less playoff games than Tim Tebow. Matthew in, Stafford and I have the same number of playoff wins. He was in Detroit. Listen. Detroit. You you want to give MVP to a guy who couldn't elevate his team. Listen, I'll argue with you all day on Matthew Stafford. I think he is the epitome of people say he's underrated. I think he is exactly rated where he's oh supposed to be. Oh my gosh. He had Calvin Johnson on his but team. But listen, but listen. I said in our AFC predictions, I called New York the place where NFL dreams go to die. The previous owner of that was Detroit. And you're, Detroit might still be a partial owner of that statement. I mean, nobody you're not goes wrong to there. Detroit to succeed. You're not wrong there, but great quarterbacks elevate the play of their team. You cannot name a Hall of Fame quarterback who never won a playoff game. Oh my gosh. I mean, you just, you, if you think about it, what makes quarterbacks great 
is that that's what they do. They make their teams better. Think about some of those teams that Aaron Rodgers played on, where you're talking about receivers that no one has ever heard of after Aaron Rodgers was throwing to them. Peyton Manning threw to thousand-yard guys. Pierre Garçon looked like a stud. And then he goes to Washington to be the number one and falls off a cliff. I mean, there are so many guys that looked great with guys like Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, that when they go somewhere else, they're nobodies. That's not the case with Matthew Stafford. But a lot of that is that when they end up going somewhere else, they've aged a bit. Come on now. I, I mean, give, I mean, I mean honestly. Me a break. But really, like, outside of Calvin Johnson, name one other offensive weapon that Matt Stafford had there. I mean, Marvin Jones Jr. was not a bad receiver. You you cannot tell me that you're not going to get the same thing from Galladay and Marvin Jones Jr. that's similar to what you just mentioned about Pierre Garçon or an Eric Decker for Peyton Manning in Denver or Jordy Nelson or any of those guys. Wes Welker. Right, Wes Welker. Like, you can't tell me that Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay, who legitimately Stafford made stars out of, aren't going to be the same. I think Kenny Galladay is going to have a better season oh, in New York. Get out of here, Detroit! I, you I'm think, telling you, you man. think Danny Dobbs is going to be dropping more dimes to him than Matt Stafford did? No, no way, man! I'm, I'm telling you, Matthew Stafford has never won a playoff game. You're the Georgia man. You're supposed to be on my side on this Not one. Not on this one, man. Former Not Bulldog, Matt one. Stafford. Come on. Listen, I think that I agree with you that he's been in a bad situation his entire career. But what great quarterback have you ever said that about? No great quarterback that is an MVP caliber player. That's really where I'm disagreeing with you hard on is the fact that you even considered him for MVP. But he's is, never he's never had a coach. He's never had an offensive weapon outside of maybe the best wide receiver since Jerry Rice and Calvin Johnson. But like no other like real legitimate offensive threat weapons. No no head coach. I mean the best head coach he had was Jim Schwartz, maybe. But here's here's the question. How do you know he's not the problem? Oh, my God. <laughs> we don't do have time know? for this. This is going to be like a three-hour podcast <laughs> if we keep doing this. Because we're just going to keep going around in circles. I'm not moving on my stance. I think Matt Safford's going to light it up in L.A., and you apparently have no faith in him. And that's okay. We can agree to disagree. I know I'm right. It's okay. I just don't think... I don't think that highly of Matthew Stafford. Now, could this team could this be the year he wins a playoff game? Absolutely. If he doesn't win a playoff game this year, you I might, gotta admit I might agree with he's you the problem. I, I, if he he should absolutely win a playoff game this year. I will agree with you if he doesn't. Except for the fact like the NFC is 
is so good. There's so many good teams. Okay, but on paper, you're talking about a guy who you said you think could be an MVP. Yeah. And that receiving core, which is very good, and the the Wunderkind in Sean McVay, and top five defense in the NFL. But, like, it's also, it's not crazy for... L.A. to potentially go up against the Packers or the Niners or the Bucks in in the first round of the playoffs. I'm just saying, if you and I have the same number of playoff wins, you shouldn't go to the Hall of Fame. Maybe we should throw you out there on the field for <laughs> L.A. next week. Then, oh, that would be that would be bad. I'm ne- I would never <laughs> say that I'm better than anyone. You, Mark Sanchez, far and away better than I am. I have no illusions of grandeur that I would be a better quarterback than Matthew Stafford, okay? But. So, you heard it here first, folks. Don't pick up Blake Ivey in your fantasy league. Don't do it. It's a terrible move. You might as well pick up Tim Tebow. Needless to say, I have the Rams over the Bears in this game, and Matt Stafford's going to be top five in MVP. Moving on. I mean. I also have the Rams in this game, but, but don't think so from Matthew Stafford. All right. Last game of the week. Monday Night Football. And the potentially the slaughter of the week. I have the Ravens just absolutely obliterating the Vegas Raiders. I don't think it's going to be that big of a slaughter fest. What's they going to do? I have the Ravens also. I just think that, again, talking about the Raiders... Last week, we both think Carr's got some left in the tank. We think yeah. that the Raiders should be better than they are. Josh Darren Waller at tight end. Josh Jacobs in the backfield. Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards out wide. Like There's there's talent there. That defense isn't awful. It's yeah, not it's awful. Not it's, it's not, not great. Though. It's maybe not good, but it's not <laughs> awful. It's bottom half for sure. It's an okay defense. Now, granted, that's going to be the problem is is slowing down Lamar Jackson, but that's Ooh. that's everybody's problem. Yeah. How do you like? How do you even play defense against Lamar Jackson? Do you you rush three, put six guys back and seven guys back in coverage, and just have a spy, Ooh. or six guys back in coverage and do spies? Like you got to do something like that. You got to put pressure on him. That would be if I was a defensive coordinator, and thank God I'm not. <laughs> but like, if I was, I would have nightmares about Lamar Jackson. How do how do I prepare for this guy? I think even worse would probably be Mahomes though. Like you you can defend him perfectly and he throws it from between his legs and it's, hits a guy in the hands. It's really close between those two guys as to yeah. which would be worse to prepare for. Because like Mahomes does superhuman things with his hands. He I mean that, <laughs> that, that sounds weird, but like <laughs> Passing the football, he's superhuman. Yeah. But running the football, Lamar Jackson's superhuman. Yeah. What he does running the football is a freaking human cheat code. Yeah. I don't to know make, how I don't know how he does it. To make NFL defenders look slow. Yeah. That's speed. Yeah. yeah. Back there. Who can also throw really well. Right. And they have probably finally a borderline top 10 receive or should be borderline top 10 receiving core between uh hollywood 
and Sammy Watkins coming over, drafting Rashad Bateman. I think Rashad's out for a couple weeks, though. But that, that receiving core should be talent-wise. Now, we'll see how Bateman shakes out and how Hollywood does in year two. And I I think you might be a little higher than on Sammy Watkins than you should be. He wasn't really a huge factor for Kansas City last year. I just think Watkins is a drastic improvement over Willie Sneed. I don't know if it, I don't know if he is. I think that I think you look probably about the same. Willie has some insane top end yeah, speed, maybe. And but Mark Andrews also. Mark Andrews. Oh yeah, Mark Andrews. End. Mark Andrews is a top three or top three uh, tight end. Uh, I'd put him top five, but argue sure. argument aside, sure. sure. That third that third spot is open for debate behind Kittle and Kelsey. Right. Yeah, I just think the offensive weapons are definitely improved this yeah. season, or should be improved. Outside of running back, I think that, that that's a little bit of a hit, having a, a stable with J.K. Dobbins and Gus to just Gus. I think that's right. a pretty big hit. But 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 it's not that much different than what they had down the stretch last year, because Dobbins got injured like mid-season. That's and true. so you had Gus Edwards for the end of the season anyways, and they still looked good. Yeah. I mean, they went out and put up what, 45, 46 on the Cleveland Browns defense that we talk so highly about. That's true. So I think that clearly the Ravens are going to win. But I I think the Raiders will show them something. I think the Raiders are going to put that AFC West maybe a little bit on notice. Just maybe. like, hey, hey, we can put up points too against a solid defense in, in Baltimore. Yeah, it's going to come down to the Raiders' offense. That's really their only hope in this game. Right. To... But I don't think they have hope to win. I think they just have yeah. hope to show, we still play football here. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I also selfishly want it to be a good game because it's a Monday night football game. <laughs> yeah. Same way, same way I feel about Sunday night football. Like, these are kind of, compared to the rest of the week, it's kind of two duds for the primetime matchups. Yeah, that's true. I think, yeah, I think you've got the better games are for sure on Sunday in that yeah. morning-afternoon mix. Um, Afternoon's got some good, good, good games. I'm pretty excited about the Sunday night game. I'm my defense loving self. I'm I'm really excited to see those two teams. But yeah, I think Ravens Raiders is going to be so lopsided um, that it's going to feel a little rough. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for our uh, week one predictions. Thursday night, first game of the season. First game of the season. Thursday night, streaming on Twitch. Stream it on Twitch. It's going to be a party. Come follow us on Twitch. Booth Review Pod. That's our channel. Come hang out. Talk to us in chat. We'll be watching the game. We can't stream the game, unfortunately, but we'll be watching it along with all you guys giving our takes on it. So come hang out. Come chat some football. Watch me suck at Madden and probably lose all three games to Blake. Maybe I'll sneak out a win. Probably not. I believe. I believe. Yeah, I'm we'll glad you have faith in me. We can put the link to the Twitch in the, the podcast yes. show notes. Yes. So they'll be down there. Uh, yeah. So make sure you come hang out with us. Uh, yeah, we'd love to, to chat with you and just hang out and watch some football together. Yes, with sir. The, your two uh, slightly above average NFL fan analysts. Yeah. Two bearded guys wearing hats, watching football. That's all there is to say. That's that. That's that. 